You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Kings, the Friday edition. Glad you're here with us here on the Locked On Network and certainly here on Locked On Kings. I'm Jason Ross tonight. The Kings and Bulls hook up from Chicago. Game one of a four-game road trip for the Kings. It takes them from Chicago back-to-back to Milwaukee on Saturday. They're actually going to come home, even though the road trip continues in Cleveland and in uh, New Orleans next Wednesday and next uh, Friday. So today on the podcast, we're going to talk about uh, a few things from our mailbag and reaction from you guys and also check in with our uh, Kings radio producer, Dave Deuce Mason. I did ask the question yesterday on my Kings at 20, asking you guys for some feedback on who you thought was the most uh, consistent or really the best player for the Kings so far through the first 20 games. And got a couple of things on Twitter at Brent S 47 says, I agree with you that the best slash most consistent player so far is WCS. You should create a Twitter poll on it. Hashtag locked on Kings. Probably should have done that. Thank you, Brent. Appreciate that. Um, and I agree. I mean, that's the, the guy I picked. It was tough. I'm going to ask Deuce that here in just a moment. Also at Doug, Apte, A-P-T-E, I hope I said that right, or Apte. I'm sorry, Doug, if I mispronounced that, but A-P-T-E at Doug. Apte, A-P-T-E. Good breakdown of the players. I'd agree that Willie has been the most consistent player over the average of the last seven games. I'd like to see Bogey get more of the starting minutes, though. I like a 20 to 25 minutes a game and for Hill to be the one coming off the bench. Yeah, interesting, Doug, because I, I still think there can be some tweaking done to this lineup for the Sacramento Kings. Also, via email, we had a few... Uh, Questions and feedback. This is coming from our guy Kevin from Arkansas. My MVP so far, the first 20 games, would be Costa Kufis. He is just solid. If Willie keeps playing like this, then it will be him. For my question for the week, have you heard anything about Harry Giles and him playing? I know they said they will reevaluate at the start of 2018. Does he practice with the team at full speed, or do they hold him back at practice as well? Thank you for your wonderful podcast every day. That's Kevin from Arkansas. Thank you, Kevin. Um, you know what? I have actually heard some really exciting news about Harry Giles. He has been the mystery man for the team. And I can't tell you with certainty because not watching a lot of practices what he looks like. But by all accounts, he is practicing all the time they practice and at full speed. I have heard from one coach say that he is the best passer on the team already. I don't know if that's an indictment on the rest of the roster or a credit to him. But I'm going to go for the credit to him. I think Bogey's a pretty nice passer. I think we've seen another guy make some pretty nice plays. Um, but it's curious how they're using him. I've heard they kind of why they're going to that January timeline or after December was I think it'll be two years clear of his last knee procedure. And I did hear a couple of different things. There's there's a little bit of a organizational dis- difference on how they want to handle this. There's some thought about sending him to the G League to get reps and minutes down there. I don't think they're going to want to do that, though. I think they're going to want to watch him and see him in front of him because they've already treated him with care so far. There's another school of thought that to play him sporadically, but when they play him, play him a ton of minutes, more like 30 or 35 minutes a game. So it's really interesting the the different areas where this is right now with Harry Giles. All that being said, no, I don't think there's a hard, firm answer on what they're going to do and when they're going to do it. But I am excited about what I hear about him but without seeing him and seeing him against NBA talent, you know, we're always more infatuated with someone until we see him, right? I mean, we get a little glimpses last year of Scal. Oh, my gosh, imagine him in a full season. Well, we're seeing him in a full season, and he hasn't been amazing. He hasn't been awful, but it's this is what you all wanted to see. De'Aaron Fox, I was super excited. Look at his talent. He is going to just 
blow the doors off the NBA circles. He's been fine, but he hasn't done that. So, you know, we, we can't always think that what's not here is better, but from what I've heard, everybody is excited about what Harry Giles could possibly become for the Sacramento Kings. Well, I always love catching up with Dave Deuce Mason from All Things Kings, certainly from our Sacramento Kings radio broadcast team as well. Deuce, how are you? I'm great, J. Ross. I'm at the uh, Kings offices swinging on a swing because that's what you do on swings. You swing on them. Just on your off time, you're just swinging in a swing. <laughs> thinking about the Kings. Bench swing, yeah. Yeah. Just by yourself? Anybody with you? On a swing, right? Yeah. Kings on a swing? Yeah. Uh, I'm by myself. Yeah. Huh. If there was a king you could put on the swing with you, who would it be? Ooh, that's a great question. I'm going with my brother, Frank Mason. Yep. How is Frank? How was the family Thanksgiving with the Masons? Well, of course, any Mason Thanksgiving is great. Yeah. I am loving what I'm seeing from Frank Mason, though, honestly. Like, he has been really fun to watch. I was looking at his last seven games as being in the rotation, like getting expanded time. He's averaging almost 10 points a game. Over four assists, nearly three rebounds in 21 minutes. That's nice. That's got to make the family proud. Yes, we are proud of <laughs> my brother Frank. Yes. You know, something I asked on the podcast, I actually asked a few people to send in some feedback, and it, it was a question that I had trouble answering, but I think I came up with an answer, but I'm going to ask you. So the Kings basically have hit the quarter point. They played 20, actually 21 games. Who has been the best King? Oh. And I got a couple different answers, but I landed on one. But I'm curious what you would say, because everybody's had their moments, but everybody's also had those moments that haven't been good. It's been wildly inconsistent as a team and as individuals. But who would you say has been the best king if you had to grade it out through the 21 games? That's really tough because it has been so up and down. I think from an offensive consistency standpoint, I think, you'd maybe lean towards Zach Randolph. Okay. But I think he has been struggling defensively against in, in the pick and roll and really defending some of these versatile uh, big guys in the NBA. And that's kind of where his limitations come in. So he'll get you those numbers offensively, but he's given up something too. <sighs> After that, it's, <laughs> is it Willie Cauley-Stein? Mm -hmm. I keep asking with a question mark at the end. Um, but I like what Willie's been doing. I think Willie's starting to become more consistent. I, I think the reason I bring him up, he's obviously had a lot of downs this year, but he's trending the right direction. And I think he has a more, he's got the most complete game on the roster right now because when he is engaged and going strong to the basket, dunking and rebounding, blocking shots, um, he can defend the pick and roll. He can come out on guards if need be. I think he has shown a, some promise the last couple of weeks yeah that's where i landed too i mean I, my debate was between buddy zebo and willie and you know there's strengths for each of them but i kind of i landed on willie i had a couple mention costa and i said and they're not that he was the best but he was the most consistent and i said yeah for what he is i guess he has been consistent but i don't know that i would put costa as the best i i landed on willie too and it, it's hard that it was that difficult to find an answer though yeah, that's the, that's the problem because each guy you just mentioned, they, they've had struggles. Like Buddy Heald, the first few games of the season when he was starting, he couldn't make anything. Yeah. And now it seems like he's really found his spot coming off the bench. But that's seeing what Willie Colley said. Like, we're talking about this guy being the best player on the team right now, and he's coming off the bench. I was looking at his numbers as a starter compared to being uh, a guy coming off the bench. 
he was starting. He was averaging like eight points, five rebounds. As a guy come off the bench, he's at 15 points and nearly eight rebounds. He's just a different guy. And um, I think you would like at some point for him to be able to get back in the starting lineup and produce just like he is off the bench. On the other side of things, I felt this was sadly easier to find the biggest disappointment through 21 games, but I'll ask you that question first. Uh, it's George Hill. Yeah. I mean, I think he's had his moments. Um, I feel like he, he's been getting better, but you're talking about a guy that's making $20 million. I think they really felt like they could rely on him to be a scorer that he was going to get them, I don't know, 16 to 18 a night. And that's been a struggle for him. I think he's really – and I don't think it's all on him either. I think he's also getting used to playing on a roster that doesn't really have another, like, go-to guy. Like, he played with Paul George. He right. Gordon Hayward, you know. Do you want to go back to San Antonio when he was a young player? There's always been other guys around him. And I think that's something I didn't really think about. <laughs> When the, when the Kings added him. Um, and, yeah, he just he hasn't lived up to those expectations. I think, ideally, you'd want him to be a little more aggressive on the scoring side, especially with this team that, uh, you know, can struggle scoring. I mean, you look at all the quarters they've had where they've had, like, two games where they've scored 10 points in a quarter, another one at 11, and how many 15-point quarters have we seen? So I think the number I looked at today, Jay, they have had – 22 quarters where they have scored 19 or fewer points man and and that's just a killer especially when you know you're on the road and you have you're getting outscored you know 30 to 16 in a quarter it's so hard to come back from that and i think they could really use his scoring ability yeah and that kind of leads into something i know we all say and and it's harder to when we're living it day by day game by game but as we enter december deuce do you feel like this team is actually better than october and early november Yes, um, I do. I, I think they're – I mean, it, it's hard to ignore the Milwaukee game, right, because they had they had a nice little stretch there where it seemed like they were scoring a lot better. They were coming off that win in Oakland against the Warriors, which was their best one of the season, the most complete game where they did everything well. They moved the ball. They were engaged defensively. They hit the three ball. They got inside. They did a great – and they, they won in like a close game. That was so fun. Then you had kind of the letdown game against Milwaukee which is just a terrible matchup, I think, for Sacramento. Um, but, yeah, I do think they're better because I, I look in, you know, Frank, like, like we talked about earlier uh, in different podcasts, you want to see growth from the young players. Frank Mason wasn't playing. He's now playing and he's contributing. Bogdanovich is finally showing that he can hit his shot. Over the last five games, he's shooting 50%. You know, his overall shooting numbers aren't great on the year, but he's – over 50% from the field. He's at like 42% from three-point land over the last five games. So he's starting to get more comfortable, and he's showing his passing ability. Willie is much better than he was to start the year. So your young guys are showing something. Now you also have other guys, like Justin Jackson was starting earlier in the season. Now he's been assigned to the, the G League to get some playing time. Um, I think De'Aaron is struggling a little bit right now with this shot. Um, you know, it's been on and off. And I think he's still trying to get comfortable. But, I, again, overall, I do think they're in a better spot right now. And really the big test will be on this upcoming road trip. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the guys being sent to the G League with Malachi, Yorgos, and uh, Justin Jackson. We've had a couple people ask about that before. And I honestly 
don't know the answer because I could make a case that it's great to go there, get your reps, get your minutes, just get playing time, or make the case for, no, it's better to be at practice, be around the NBA team, maybe get an opportunity to get in some minutes. I personally don't even know what's better. I still think there's a negative connotation for going to the G League. Like, oh, you've just been demoted. I don't think that's the way it should be, but it's still out there. Do you? Th- what do you think is a better path for, for development? Well, ideally, you'd like them to be around the team as much as possible, but I also think it's nice to get some game action. And um, these guys have been around the team a lot, and I, I just think this is a chance for them to get some playing time, get some game action. You know, I don't look at it as a demotion anymore. I think more and more teams are utilizing the way it's supposed to be, where you do send young guys down there to get better. I mean, I think it's going to keep going that way as we move on, move forward uh, the next few years. I think you're going to see even higher draft picks, but maybe even start the season down there. Mm-hmm. Who knows? You know, because I have no problem with that. They just need to get reps. They need to develop. And if they're not going to play at all, with the, the with the main squad, you might as well get them some reps. Um, and I think you saw it last year when Scow went down there and Malachi and Papa. They came back and they looked better. Um, and I think a lot of that had to do with they were getting some game action. Yeah, I feel like you know we were just talking about the young guys and watching who was it? You know, Lakers and Warriors from Wednesday night. Brandon Ingram has his best game as a pro. And he was great. He was really good in that game. And I can remember last year seeing some breakout games from Scal or for Buddy or for Willie. But we haven't really seen that yet from any – I mean, De'Aaron Fox did have a game winner. I have to acknowledge that. But a game where you just go, man, De'Aaron went for whatever it would be, 22-6-6 six, and six, or some sort of stat line like that that really captures everybody's attention. Uh, what do you think that would do if we actually saw one of those? Because I agree with what you said earlier, Deuce, about De'Aaron, that he's been fine, but I think we all had a little bit of higher expectations for him. Yeah, I think people have high expectations based on what you saw, the flashes in the summer league and even in the preseason. But you know, Vladi made a point today in the B talking about Bogdanovich and young players in general. You know, it's not just about getting better year to year. You have to be better game to game because there's things you can get away with. Like, for example, Bogdanovich throwing those lobs to Willie Colley Stein against the Lakers. Well, those weren't there against Milwaukee. Well, they got tape, and NBA teams are really good at figuring things out. And I think that's kind of where De'Aaron is right now. They're like, all right, let's prove that you can make that jump shot. Let's prove that you can hit that three. And they're taking away his ability to get to the basket as much, I think. And, you know, I think that's kind of been a hurdle for a guy who throughout his whole playing career has probably been the fastest guy and can get to the basket anytime he wants. He can get whatever he wants. Well, in the NBA, these guys are stronger. They're smarter. Um, You're not going to get it that easy and so he's just gotta i think sometimes get over the mental block of that a little bit and just understand like hey it's, it's okay it's, it's gonna take time keep working on that jump shot and that's a good way to start getting to the hoop right is knock down that jumper and all of a sudden they get make them defend you on that jumper and right now most of the shots are coming from the mid-range the majority of the shots and his mid-range shooting percentage is 32 percent so that's not very good. <laughs> Teams are going to be like, hey, prove it. Let's go ahead and see if you can make that shot. So what do you think about this upcoming road trip? Chicago, Milwaukee, back-to-back. Cleveland, New Orleans spread out where they're actually going to come home. Uh, it's it's tough not to look at it as the entirety of the trip, but what do you think about the four-game set they're heading out on? Well, yeah, Chicago's not very good. <laughs> There's, what, 3-16. and 16. 
And I think if you go talent-wise, I mean, the Kings are more talented than they are. The thing that I always worry about with a team like Chicago is they may not score a lot of points, but they take the fifth most threes in the NBA. And they've got some guys who can knock them down. Holiday can get hot. Markkanen has been able to hit the three ball as a rookie. Um, so I don't think it's going to be easy by any means, but I think that's a very winnable game. The next night against Milwaukee, that's going to be a tough one. <laughs> I mean, we just saw what they were able to do. The Greek freak is playing out of its mind right now. They're long. They're athletic. They get in the passing lanes. And that's kind of where the Kings have struck, especially last game, struggled. You know, Bogdanovich was trying to throw those same lobs and wasn't able to do so. De'Aaron Fox with the ball, I think, has become, you know, he's he does that bounce pass that a lot of teams are able to pick up. And it's about how they adjust. So hopefully Sacramento can look at the tape and go, all right, let's uh, be competitive. That's the main thing with this road trip is, all right, build on what happened against the Warriors. All right, you took a team that, yeah, they were shorthanded or whatever, but the Golden State played well. And you hung in there on the road. Give your chance, give yourself a chance to win it in the fourth quarter. You know you can't have these these quarters where you score ten points or fifteen points. You got to be in the game. Um, so I think that should be the goal goal of Milwaukee. Cleveland is kind of a weird team. You know they they're hot right now. They've won nine in a row, right? Yep. But we've also seen them with some really bad losses this year. I think. I'm not going to pick the Kings to win that game, but I also would not be shocked if they, like, surprise them because Cleveland has had those games this year and they still struggle on the defensive side. And then you got the Pelicans where, where, look, you scored 70-plus points on them when they were here in the first half and then fell apart in the second half. Um, I think Sacramento, uh, I think uh, if they play like they did in that first half, they should have a good opportunity. And I... Pelicans are kind of weird right now. Like I, Demarcus hasn't really played well the last five games, last five ten games. His numbers and field goal percentage has dropped off after a hot start. Davis getting ejected, Rondo <laughs> back. I don't know. I still don't really like that team. But yeah, the main goal is just keep it competitive, I guess. Yeah, which they haven't done enough, certainly on the road. But we shall see. The other thing I, I want to know is. Um, if I should look for any royalties or something from you, because you're now recording G-Man at the end of these close games, and I, I'm getting acknowledged for this, like, uh, random fist pump that I get in there. Should I should I be looking to trademark that or something? I, I think you should definitely look to trademark it, but understand that I should get a cut of that because That's fine. not only am I shooting that at a high quality, the turnaround time has been amazing. Huh. You're, you're getting su- such great exposure because I have decided to film G-Man at the end of games, uh, close games. It's getting great reaction. It, honestly, it's a cool – the reason I did it is because I wanted to see, like, what his reaction would be if they had a game winner. Mm-hmm. And what you notice about G-Man, if you people have seen those videos, he's so calm. Yeah. <laughs> he is so just focused on what's in front of him. He doesn't know I'm filming. He doesn't know what, what I'm doing. He is so focused on the game. And, I, and there's so much chaos around him, yet he is – one of the best in the business at calling big moments no doubt and uh it's fun i'm glad you've been doing that that's good anybody join you yet on the swing uh no it's just me on the swing just hmm. me on the swing as i got golden one center on my left i can see the tower bridge <sighs> it's kind of peaceful out here go deuce amongst the uh out in the environment it's always good for you out there <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> well deuce thank you so much and uh, we'll do it again sometime soon sounds good Well, my thanks to Dave, Deuce, Mason for joining us here on Locked on Kings for your comments and feedback as well uh, during our uh, kind of questions and Locked on uh, Kings mailbag in the early part of the podcast. So thank you for that. 
Kings play the Bulls tonight. They'll play Milwaukee tomorrow. We'll recap all of that next week and more editions of Locked on Kings coming your way along the Locked on Network. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.